Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. We're called to freedom. Brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So here, um, Paul's writing to the people in Galatia, and he's saying, you were called or invited to freedom. And this is the same invitation. This is the same calling that each one of us have. We are invited to freedom. We are invited to a life of freedom. When we were in that escape room, you're in those rooms and you got to figure out the clues. You got to figure out what you got to do to open the next door. And ultimately, you don't even know when the last room is coming. And, and what you want is to actually get done and have that last door open to a level of freedom. Like, like you want to be done with this and you want to win. <laughs> you want to be done first and you want to feel the accomplishment of figuring out all these clues and all these puzzles and all these, these riddles and things. And, and when you get to the end, like there's this sense of fulfillment and there's this sense of freedom that we have. And as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus, we're called not just to just figure out this moment or have this ending of freedom, but to live our lives in freedom. God wants us to live in freedom. He wants us to live free. But many times, people look at Christianity and we think of it as a bunch of rules, a bunch of do's and a bunch of don'ts. And those rules many times imprison us. They, 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 put, they imprison us. They, they, they rob our freedom from us. And, and the, the issue with this is that Jesus has already won the war for our freedom. Uh, he, our freedom's already been, been bought and paid for. But there are battles that we have to fight living this life to live in freedom. And, and those battles, um, they're, they're these things that come or these things that we think and they try to imprison us. And we need to fight these battles. We need to fight the battles of our past that try to imprison us. Because when we look back on our past, there's things that's happened, there's things that we did, there's situations that occurred that make us feel like we're imprisoned. We need to fight the battles of our mistakes that try to imprison us. The things that we have done, maybe the things that we're still struggling with now, the things maybe that you even did this morning or even that you know that you're planning on doing later. These mistakes and we know that they're wrong and they try to imprison us and make us feel like we're not worthy and make us feel like we've disqualified ourselves and make us feel like, well, we'll never be able to get it right. We'll never be able to get out of these escape rooms and into that life of freedom. We need to fight those battles of of mistakes, but we also need to fight the battles of fear. And and the battles of fear of, is this ever going to happen? Am I ever going to be able to stop? Am I ever going to be able to start? Is is this going to end prematurely? Like all of these fears that we have, we got to fight those battles. Now the war has already been won, but there are battles that we have to fight. And the issue with whether or not we'll win these battles, the issue with whether or not we will have the power needed to win these battles is not a matter of which battles we fight. It's not even so much how we fight them as it is where we fight them. See, if we fight these battles and whatever those battles are for you, even if we know the war is already won, if we fight the battles in the ring or in the territory of the natural, we are going to lose. And we're going to lose repeatedly. 
and we're going to lose in ways that are drastic. But if we will move the battles that we fight into the realm or into the ring of the spirit, then we win every single time. Because now we're tapping into the war that's already been won for us. We're tapping into the power that Jesus makes available to us to live our lives in a life of freedom, not in a life of bondage, not in a life of imprisonment. Listen, if you're struggling with the rules and the do's and the don'ts of following Jesus, that is not God's best for you. God is not interested, nor does he desire for you to live this life every day struggling and fighting and feeling this condemnation and this imprisonment because of whatever, because of your past, because of your mistakes, because of your fears, because of whatever those things are. God desires and he invites and he calls you into a life of freedom. And that's what Paul here is, is inviting these Galatians into. He's, he's saying God is calling us into freedom. And then in verse 14, it says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. Now, when he says one word, it doesn't mean actually one word. It means like this phrase, because when I read this, it always jumps out at me like, you know, there's, <laughs> oh, man. We did, like, I think the first year I was pastoring, we did a, 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 a anniversary video, and it was, I didn't do this. Um, I think it's actually still on YouTube, which is pretty embarrassing. But I think it was something like, like, what's one word that you, one word about your pastor, one word, something like that. And, um, and, and Larry, Larry, our, 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 you know Larry, if you know, if you can't, Larry, Larry said like four words. There's <laughs> like, he like said like three, three words, and then he added a fourth one. And then he was like, one, one word, one word. And then people give like a phrase. It's like, no, they asked for like one, one one word. But this is not just one word. This is the phrase here. It, the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This life of freedom that God has for you is not just for you. It's not just for you. And it's not just about you. See, when we were going through those escape rooms, as amazing and as brilliant as Chris is, he still needed our help. Now, now some, some of us, like me, like, like you just tell me what to do, where to go, and then I just bring it back to you, or I just do that. Like, but you still need those people. And there were other people that had different experiences, and they were able to help with this question and able to figure this out. And, 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 you know, like, but we needed each other. And we think about this life of freedom or this life being empowered to follow Jesus, and we think about what does this mean for us, but this is so much bigger than us. It's so much bigger than you. This is about other people. And Jesus, you know, he, he summarized this by, by saying and, and reiterating this, that all of the whole entire law comes down to loving God with everything you have. And then Jesus added a second to it and loving your neighbor as yourself. God has invited us and called us into a life of freedom so that we may love and serve others. And there's many who follow Jesus, and they have just become obsessed with what Jesus will do for them. And it's really, that's their whole life. Their whole life is just about, what will Jesus do for me? How, how can my life be better? How can it be easier? How can I have more? How can I get more? How can I be smarter? How can I have that better relationship? It's all about, and I become obsessed with what Jesus can do for me. And sometimes those people become indifferent to what Jesus wants to do in you and through you which I am thoroughly convinced that while we are here on this earth, that it is so much more about what he wants to do in us and through us than what he wants to do for us. 
Now, God is amazing, and he's great, and he wants to do a lot for you. And that, that, that's not to discount what he wants to do in you and through you. That's to magnify how much more he wants to do in you and through you. If he's willing to give you so much, I mean, God says that he gave you his best son in Jesus, his very best gift that he could give, he gave to you, and he freely gives, then how much more does he want to do in us and through us? This life of freedom, this life of, of, of being empowered to follow Jesus is not just about us. It is so much more about us allowing God to, to, to work through us and in us. In verse 15, it says, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say walk by the Spirit, which could also read live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So here, um, Paul's saying walk by the spirit or, or live by the spirit. And living by the spirit is allowing the spirit to empower you and lead you. Uh, another way that we might say this is empowered to follow Jesus. Living by the spirit is being empowered to follow Jesus. It is living that life where the spirit is the realm in which you fight and the spirit is what guides and the spirit is what empowers. When you look at verse 25 here, it says, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Oh man, I love that phrase, that terminology, because we also know in Proverbs that we are told that we should acknowledge God in all of our ways and allow him to direct our paths. And so what happens many times when somebody gets saved is, and you start to learn this, is you say, okay, God, I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. I'm going I'm to walk in step with you. I'm going to live by the Spirit. I don't really know what any of that means. And so I say, God, what do you want me to do? And then you, you ask that question in prayer. You ask it in your heart. And then you just begin to take these steps. You begin to take these steps. And you step and you step and you step and you step and you just hope that you know what God wants you to do, but you're not really sure, but you keep taking these steps and you keep taking these steps. And eventually you begin to learn and you begin to grow and you begin to read your Bible and you begin to, to learn that maybe you shouldn't do these things and you should do those things. And it's not about the rules, it's about the relationship and honoring and loving God. And so then it becomes, God, what do you want me to do? And you take a step and you take another step and you take another step and you come to a situation where you say, oh, I know I shouldn't step that way way because now I've learned now I've grown now I know I shouldn't step that way many of you all have heard my story I didn't know anything about God or the Bible or church or any of that before I got saved so I would go out and go to the club and try to pick up women and then if I didn't you know if I struck out then I would go back to my dorm and I would read my Bible like, I didn't know. I genuinely didn't know. Like, I, 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 I was, and, and it, I never drank or smoked or any of that. But if I would have been a drinker or smoker, like, I would have done that. Like, I would have got drunk, and then I would have went back and read my Bible. Like, I, I didn't know. I genuinely, I know it's hard to believe, like, that people grow up that way. But I, genu I, I did not know. I had no idea that you should be celibate until marriage. I, like, I had no idea. I had no idea. So I would take these steps, and then I began to learn, and I began to grow, and so I'd be, like, taking these steps, and I'd be like, oh, wait, I, I shouldn't do that anymore. Let me not step there. Let me come back and go a different direction. But then what happens is you begin to grow, and you begin to learn, you begin to read your Bible even more, and the goal is to get to the place where you say, God, what do you want me to do right now? And you don't take any steps, and you wait and God says, go, and you take a step. God, what do you want me to do now? And you wait, and then when he says, you step. 
God, where, where do you want me to, to go now? Okay. And he speaks, and you take another step. And you take these steps. You live your life waiting to hear from God. And you don't, you no longer ask and then just go on and walk and walk and step and step and move and move. Jesus did not say anything he didn't hear the Father say. He did not do anything the Father didn't show him to do. So he, he literally, he would, he would wait to hear what God said and then he would move. And he'd wait to hear what God said and then he would move. And that's why we read through some of the stuff that Jesus did. I'm like, that makes no sense. Lazarus was your boy. That was your guy. You knew he was dying and you waited three days before you went to him? Like, we'd have had some problems once he raised me up. Like, come on, man. Why were you not here sooner? We didn't have to go through all this. Like, I thought we were better than that. But, but Jesus was not willing to take a step until God was leading him to take a step. Let me say it a different way. Jesus was walking in step, in rhythm with his father. He was moving when his father told him to move, and he was stopping when his father told him to stop. Now listen, listen. I just talked about living in freedom and not being imprisoned. This, this can, it, depending on where you're at in your journey, it can feel like a level of imprisonment. Because if you're not really confident in being able to hear from God, then what happens is you say, okay, God, because I've been here. I'm not speaking from um, theory. I'm speaking from experience. I've been here like, God, okay, I'm not going to move until you tell me to move. And then I don't move. I'm not talking about for like a minute or 10 minutes or an hour. I'm talking about like I go days without knowing what to do. And I'm like, God, do you not want me to go to work? Because like if I don't, if I got to wait for you, do I, do I step or do I not step? I don't, I don't know. Like you didn't say brush your teeth this morning. Do I brush my teeth this morning? You didn't say you, you know, um, uh, make breakfast. Like, I, like, like, where do you take this? How do you deal with this? And, and here's, here's, here's the very simple and straightforward answer. As you grow in Christ, as you grow in learning, as you grow in knowledge, as you grow in, in hearing his voice, and, and, and as you learn that more and more, then it becomes more and more detailed. Because God's always detailed. He's always telling you. He's always in the details and telling you the details of your life and what you should do and what you shouldn't do. But we're not always at a place where we can hear it. So it's okay to start out saying, God, show me what to do. I know I need to go to work, so I'm going to work. I know I need to do this, so I'm doing this. But God, as you show me things, I won't go there if you tell me not to go there. I won't do that if you tell me not to do that. And, and God will put those parameters around you, and he'll continue to speak to you and grow you up so that it can become more detailed and more detailed and more detailed. And you want to talk about living by the Spirit. You want to talk about being empowered to follow Jesus. It's all about being in step with the Spirit and walking by the Spirit. And taking those steps as the Spirit leads you. But there are three essentials to doing this and living this life that Jesus has empowered you to live. Another way we might say that is walking by the Spirit. And the first one is in James chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. You can turn there if you want to. It will be on the screens. And I'm just going to read it here for time's sake. It says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person 
has great power at its working, as it is working. And then James gives us an example. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. You want to talk about some power? <laughs> like, that, that's some power right there. Uh, Elijah prayed, and, and it did not rain for three and a half years. And then he prays again, and God brings rain. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. The first essential of living a life empowered to follow Jesus is prayer. It's prayer. Prayer is simply communication with God. There's, there's a couple different um, aspects of prayer. There's many different forms of prayer. And, um, but there should be times where we specifically, intentionally go to God and talk to God in prayer. You might hear things like prayer closet or prayer time or devotional time or what, what, a quiet time or whatever. But, but there needs to be intentional times where we go and we seek God and we talk to God and we allow God to talk to us. And there is great power in that prayer. There's also um, praying without ceasing where we're in constant communication with God. And that's how we can know like, okay, I need to go. I need to step. I need to move. I need to stop. I need to be quiet. I need to speak. That's that constant. That's not necessarily you always talking but it's your spirit always being sensitive to listen and hearing what God says in the moment but in Romans chapter 8 verse 26 through 28 it says this it says likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness we're talking about being empowered to follow Jesus and that's living by the spirit for we do not know what to pray as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now we love verse 28 and we quote verse 28. God's going to work all things together for our good. But in context here, that's talking about allowing the spirit to pray for you. In other words, praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues. And when you do that, you praying out the perfect will of God for your life and God will work all things for your good. In Jude, it only has one chapter, so Jude verse 20, it says, but you beloved being built, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. So praying is not just going in a time of your prayer closet or set aside time and praying and communicating with God. It's not only just being sensitive and, and praying without ceasing and listening to his voice, but it's also praying in the spirit. It's praying in other tongues. If you want to talk about being empowered to do everything God wants you to do, which we talked about last week, many, much of that power comes from praying in the spirit because that's building up your inner man. That is your most holy faith. That is that, that true you is getting stronger and stronger and stronger when you pray in other tongues. And not only does it make you um, stronger, but it also gives you a, a deeper level of sensitivity and understanding of what God wants to do. See, it wasn't until I began praying in other tongues that I, I began to be more accurate and more detailed in knowing when to step and when to stop. And once I, once I built that up and began to do that and began to, to learn that and began to practice that, I had a more sensitive spirit to know, stop, step, step, stop, step, stop, stop, step, go, don't go, slow down, speed up. Why? Because praying in the spirit, it does that. It builds up the true you, the inner man. Number two is found in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus said this in verse 4. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The second essential for being empowered to follow Jesus and living this life is perceive. Perceive. Perceive what the word says. Go and find out in Scripture what God wants you to do, what he says about your situation, what he says about that decision that you need to make, what he says about you, what he says about the words that you speak. Perceive what it is that he's saying and then apply it to your life. Do it. Become a doer of it. But, but if you don't perceive what it is that God is saying, if you don't know his plan, then you can't be in step with him. You can't walk with him if you don't perceive where it is that he's going. See, when the disciples literally were walking with Jesus, they had to perceive where he was going. They had to go with him. If they got that wrong, then they would have turned right when he turned left, and they literally would not have been following him. Now, figuratively, spiritually, that's the same for us. We need to see where it is that God is going, where God is leading us. We need to be able to perceive that. And the way that we do that starts in his word, is finding out in his word what he says about you, what he says about that situation, what he says about those decisions, those actions, those words, even those thoughts that you have, and seeing what he says and valuing that above what it is that you say. Putting the perception of him above our own intellect and our own perception. To live a life empowered to follow Jesus, we must perceive God's plans. And, and, and I can tell you this, he wants you to perceive those plans. He's not hiding them from you, he's hiding them for you. And he wants you to know it. Number three is uh, back to James, James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. It says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no... Being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So number three is persevere. Persevere. So, so once you've prayed and you've perceived what it is that God's saying, now you need to persevere. You need to apply that to your life and you need to not grow weary in well-doing. You need to keep being faithful, keep being obedient, keep going. God honors those who persevere. God is with those who persevere. And listen, I can tell you this and I can promise you this, following Jesus, even with the full power of God on your side will not always be easy. There are times where it'll be difficult. There are times where you'll feel like you want to quit, where you want to back up, where you don't want to. It doesn't take all that. But I, but, I, but I can tell you, if you will persevere, you'll get past those rough patches. You'll get over those hills. And then you'll get to a place where you look up and you're like, wow, God, I am so glad I stuck with you. I am so glad I persevered. Because many times we'll learn what it is that God wants us to do or what he wants to say or how he wants us to live or he speaks something to us. And over time that just begins to, to get more dull and begins to shrivel and, and it gets to a place where we back off. But God wants us to persevere. He wants us to keep going. He wants us to keep fighting. He wants us to live not by bread but by every word that comes from him. But he doesn't want us to just know it. He wants us to do it. He wants us to apply it to our lives. And he wants us to live in freedom. The more often that you will do these things, 
And the more often that you'll walk in step with the Spirit, the more power that you'll see available to you. Now today, if you're at a place where you're acknowledging God on Sundays and then you're taking all these steps until you get back on Sunday, that's okay. That's okay. God's not mad at you. But what he wants you to do is now get to the place where you're acknowledging him daily and allow him to direct your steps daily. Maybe you're somebody in here and you, you've allowed God to direct your steps daily, and, but you, you come to him in the morning and you wake up and you're faithful in the morning and you go to God and you say, God, I'm, I'm here, what it is that you want me to know, do, like I'm here, use me. And then you go and you take all these steps throughout your day. Here's what I wanna challenge you with today. Get deeper than that, go more intentional than that, go into the details more than that and start, start acknowledging him hourly. Maybe set something on your alarm, on your on your or something on your phone, like, like okay, on the hour, every hour, I'm going to acknowledge God and, and ask him to just direct my path. And, and, and then maybe, you know, maybe you're getting to the place where you feel like you're doing that, but then in those hours, you're, you're acknowledging him in the hour, and then you're taking all these steps until the next hour. Get to the place where minute by minute you're acknowledging God. Get to the place where you're praying without ceasing, where you're saying, God, God, I just want to do what it is that you're telling me to do. I just want to go where you're telling me to go. And many times, let me say this, and let me close with this, that we'll learn this many times, not because it's the best way, but because it's often our way, we'll learn this by trial and error. I, I, I know from in my own life, and, and I don't like to preach from experience, but I can tell you this by experience, that I, I learned this in many ways by making missteps, by stepping when he told me to stop and stopping when he told me to step, and realizing almost immediately like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I should have done that. I should have said that. And you just learn and you just keep going and, and like, okay, God, I'm back on track and here we go. Let's, let's try this again. And he'll keep working with you and he'll keep working on you and he'll keep working in you. And it's so amazing. But we got to keep it going. And, and if you're like, man, I don't even know where to start. I, this seems so difficult. This seems like something that I want to do, but I don't even know where to start. Start with starving your flesh and feeding your spirit. What we read right here was these two are opposed. Make no mistake about it. You cannot fulfill your natural desires and be in step with the spirit. So start by starving your flesh. Just naturally stop doing those things that you know you shouldn't be doing. Now, you, you know you want to do them. Let's start easy. Stop spending so much time in front of the TV. Stop eating all that food that you know you shouldn't be eating. Stop hanging out with those people that you know right now you're not strong enough to hang out with. Stop, stop listening to all that foolishness because it's got a good beat. That's another sermon for another day. And then start feeding your flesh. Instead of spending that time in front of the TV, open your Bible. It'll put you to sleep. Wake back up. Set your alarm. Set your alarm. I was talking to somebody the other day, like, man, if I want to go to sleep, I literally, I'll read my Bible because it puts me to sleep every time. And I'm like, man, me too. You can't read it in your bed at night. Like, you, this just doesn't work. But if that's your only option, set your alarm every 15 minutes for your alarm to go off. And you'll fall asleep and you'll wake up. And guess what? You'll fall asleep again and you'll wake up. But just keep going. Just keep going. Maybe get out of bed to read it. 
but just keep going and feeding your spirit. And what will happen is you'll begin to learn more how to pray. You'll begin to sense God's leading more. You'll be, perceive what he wants you to do in a, in, a, in a greater level of detail. And then you'll be able to persevere like you've never been able to persevere before. Amen? Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Um, I went a little long again, so here's what we're going to do for to, to close out. I'm going to pray, and then and then we're going to receive communion. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.